You're listening to Magpie Radio. Pie Night is the official fans podcast of the Collingwood Football Club. Let's listen in to the boys in the Lexus Centre studio. Pies fans, welcome to another big episode of Pie Night. Or should we say tonight, Presty Night. Pies fans, in just a few short moments we'll be joined by the legend of the Collingwood Football Club, on tonight's show, we've got a review of the match against the Hawks, that unfortunate loss of the match against the Hawks. We've got, on this round, we've got the Mad Pie, and we've got the preview of this week's game against the Aints. Pies fans, you're, draw- you're joined, you're joined, we're, we're, we're very, very excited here. You're joined by a very excited driver. Yes, I am. A very excited Sugarfoot. I'm excited, Kano. And the man... Who has kicked more goals than has said words in his esteemed AFL career? Great. Simon Prestigiacomo. Presti, welcome finally to Pie Night. I am actually here tonight, folks. Um, <laughs> so we won't, uh, we won't have any jokes about my silence or anything like that. I am here, so I'll be uh, speaking to these three clowns. <laughs> well, Presti... You can call us clowns. You can call us what you like. We have admired you for for over 12 years that you've been at this club. You were drafted late 95, picked 10 in the national draft, the first Victorian picked in the draft. Do you know who was picked at number one in that uh, draft, Kono? I can't recall. Clive Waterhouse. Oh, Clive Waterhouse. Sensational recruiting by Frio. Sensational recruiting by Collingwood, picking you at pick 10. Presty, you played a lot of your junior career uh, for research in the Northern Knights under Keith Burns, and you were selected at pick 10, but you played predominantly as a centre-half forward, did you not, in your, in your, in your younger years? Um, yeah, I did, actually. I never really played defence at all until I came to Collingwood and uh, was just centre-half forward or full forward and ruck, mainly in all my junior days. A lot, lot taller than a lot of the uh, other kids in the under-10s, 11s and things like that, so... And you're obviously very highly regarded. What was it at Collingwood that uh, that maybe made the the coaches at the time decide that you were, you were, you were defender material? Um, well, I think we had a few injuries in my first year, and I just remember one game. Danny Frawley, who was the twos coach at the time, then just came up to me and said, "Oh, we're going to try something different. Play at fullback." Um, so yeah, it was over at Punt Road against Melbourne, and played it played at fullback and didn't do too bad. Um, and then, yeah, managed to get get my first game the next week against uh, the Eagles. Presty, when you came to Collingwood, you're, you were presented with the number 35 jumper, a magical jumper in the history of the Fo- Collingwood Footy Club, the last man to wear it before you, Peter Dacos, left a legend here. Now you've written a legend of your own in the number 35 jumper. But what did it mean to you when you were given that jumper back in 1996? Um, I suppose back then... I wasn't I wasn't a Collingwood supporter as such, and probably didn't I suppose looking back now appreciate how big he was to Collingwood fans. Like um, that's that's all I get asked about. Oh, what about Dakes is thirty five and that sort of thing. So now after I played for a few years, just realised how sort of big he was around Collingwood and the supporters. Um, it was obviously a great a great honour, and I suppose pretty quickly the the um, comparison stopped between myself and Dakes when I was. Uh, obviously playing at fullback, and he was the uh, the great goal, goal kicker that he was. So I got that sort of question fair bit early on. Did you feel any extra pressure because of the thirty five? 
No, not really. Just just because of that reason, I probably didn't. Yeah, only played really half a season up forward, and was more more a uh, tall sort of leading forward. And then, as I said, went back to the back line. So the uh, comparison stopped pretty pretty quickly. Presty, when you were in your younger days and you were sort of filling out and playing on some of these bigger players, you were, as you just said, thrown to the wolves a bit. But come the arrival of Mick Malthouse in in uh, 99, 2000, that era, you really took a big step up. And, and we had you at fullback and Mark Richardson obviously playing at centre-half back or alternating as a two big defenders. You really had a very, very big, uh, I don't know how, whether you'd call it an improvement or a, or a huge um, lift in your contribution to the team. What happened at that time that actually meant that you went from being a good defender to a truly great defender? Um, I suppose not having played... At all at, at fullback, I was continually learning throughout the first few years, and as you said, I was probably playing on a fair few guys that were a lot bigger than me, a lot stronger. Um, so it was just more developing and uh, getting a little bit more size and strength about myself. And as I said, just the experience, just knowing where to position myself and and how to go about playing at fullback. I'm still learning, even in the past few years, just bits and pieces and tricks and things like that that you pick off, pick up off players and things like that. I've learnt things off. Steve Silvani, who came down to training last year, and just little tips and things he said a, during training. Had a scrag onto people yeah, and well, that's, away that's free right. kicks. Probably everyone, all the opposition side do a fair bit of that anyway, so <laughs> learned a little bit of that off him and just other little bits and pieces, yeah. Presty, let's make no bones about it. You haven't just been a good player. You have been a great player, an absolute superstar at fullback. Collingwood fans know that. Opposition teams and opposition players know that. But unfortunately, in the media and all those clowns out there who give awards out and all Australian honours, they haven't recognised you. Do you feel a bit slighted well, by the fact that Matthew these people... Matthew Pavlich is a fantastic fullback, right? Yeah, he's Let's played at fullback a lot, well, you know? In 2002, Pavlich probably played half a quarter at fullback. You had probably one of the best seasons. Well, you were clearly One of best. your many great seasons. One of your many great seasons, but that season in particular, relative to the rest of the comp, you were clearly fullback of the season. We, we got to a grand final and you were number one for, for, um, for fists in the league, uh, and yet you weren't named. Did that Was that any sort of disappointment to you? Um, no, not really. I, I suppose I'll probably my downfall would be obviously the possession rate and things like that, and that gets taken into account now, especially with all the rebounding and, and running fullbacks and backline players they've got. So I suppose that would be a little a thing that I suppose the selectors might look at and um, and obviously put a, put a bit against me. Now, Simon... It's been pretty obvious to all Pies supporters, and I think the whole football land in general, that Warren Treadray is your bitch. <laughs> is there any particular reason why you like playing on Warren Treadray so much? Or why uh, he hates playing on you? Um, oh, I don't really like playing on him any more than anyone else. Um, I don't know. I suppose it's we obviously do fairly well against Port Adelaide. I think we um, always play well, seem to play well over there at Football Park as well. And I don't know, it just... A lot, of, a lot of the time, the pressure and things like that, when, when the boys up the field are putting on the pressure, it makes our job a bit of hell of a lot easier. So oh, there's, there's sort of real no player that I like playing on any, any better than any other. They're all pretty tough, I reckon. Who's been the most difficult opponent that you've played on in your career? Because you've been playing now 12 seasons. Um, oh, they're all pretty tough. One, one of the games I know I'm going to be doing a fair bit of running and, and pull up pretty sore is always against Richo, especially in his, in his sort of... Uh, heyday when he was out at Senar Ford and that sort of thing. He used to cover a fair bit of ground and 
you sort of know you'd played a game after you'd played but on you him. took a magnificent specky over Richo a couple of years ago yeah I'll probably owe him one he's probably taken a few over me too <laughs> over the years now Presti uh, obviously our, our back line's aging a little bit so, you know let's let's be honest you and Jimmy are uh, and and wakes are all getting on and uh, probably in a few years time we're looking to transition through who do you see going forward the next two three years we've drafted some tall guys but most of them Ben Reid uh, Travis Cloak have played up forward who can we watch out for coming through Willie in the draftees that'll be playing in the uh, the back line over the next few years? Um, well, obviously uh, Tyson Goldzak's done pretty well, and he's uh, still pretty pretty young. So you might fill out and grow a little bit in the next few years. Um, we've got Nathan Brown, who's who's a pretty big boy for an eighteen or so year old guy. So he's been playing a bit uh, for Willie down at fullback and in the back line. So they'll be uh, probably looking to groom him into a sort of key back position. And then you've got, I suppose, um, Nick Maxwell's still pretty young, so he's uh, he's just got to um, build up a bit more. He's probably a bit bit slim, so he's just got to keep keep going the weights, which he's doing. And um, yeah, I suppose that's the sort of two or three key forwards that they'd be looking to. Uh, I mean, key back, sorry, to develop for the for the future. Now, Presty, you've been out for a few weeks. Um, you've had a foot injury. Um, when can Pies fans expect to see you back in the senior side doing what you do best? Uh, at the moment, we're trying to get back for, for the next week, so the Geelong game, but um, got to get out there and, and sort of train and, and see how the foot pulls up and um, hopefully have a bit of a run on uh, Friday and, and see what happens. So that's that's the key at the moment, just trying to uh, do a bit of running and then do a bit of training, and if it keeps pulling up well, then, then look at Geelong. Have you had any role coaching or mentoring any of the young guys in the last few weeks since you've been out? No, not really. No, I've just... I suppose done done my rehab and that sort of thing, and and um, just tried to watch the games. And if there's anything major, I've picked up myself and and Jimmy as well. Have, have uh, said anything to the younger guys, but there's nothing too major. I haven't been in the coach's box or or taking any sort of stats on the defensive area. Well, Presty, even though you're off the field, you're still living in our hearts and minds. Over 12 years at the Collingwood Football Club, you have been an absolute superstar life member of the club, absolutely brilliant player at fullback and general of the defence back there, one of the most unheralded players. I think if any player um, is unique in the history of the Collingwood Football Club, someone who could play for over 10 years and not be sort of the... Dale Thomas-esque poster boy, you've been fantastic at hey, actually... there's a poster of Presty up here. Yeah. In our studio, there's, there's a poster, There's, a, there's one in my apartment as well, but anyway. But, uh, but Presty, look, your actions speak louder than words, and I think that's what's important. You are an absolute legend of the Collingwood Football Club. We love you, and thanks for coming on to Pie Night tonight. No worries, boys. It's been a pleasure. The beach in Albert Park is one of the club's premier hotel venues. At night, the beach is one of Melbourne's trendiest places to meet and is a major destination during the spring racing carnival and summer months. It is also ideal for functions and conferences and is a much sought after venue for everything from birthdays to wedding receptions. To inquire about this outstanding Collingwood venue, visit www.thebeachalbertpark.com.au or call on... 96904642 Guys, I don't know about you, but just sitting with the great man almost made me forget 
about that disgraceful boundary umpiring decision that cost us the game against Hawthorne. 15-5-95, Collingwood, bad kicking, bad football, 12-15-87. Bad kicking is bad football. Sugarfoot, I thought you were talking about Wayne Harms when you talked about the disgraceful boundary umpiring decision. (laughs) But, you know, all those years on, 28 years on, and it still happens. I can't believe it. The AFL claim they're a professional organisation. Every single person watching on telly, every single person at the ground, all the players on the field, everyone saw it except those clowns that they pay to adjudicate on the game of footy. And the ball you know went what? out. As the far as I'm out. concerned, guys, that is the difference. That out of bounds decision in the last quarter, when we had just hit the lead, changed the whole momentum of the game. They managed to get two quick goals and win the game. We had the game in the bag. We were crueled by a terrible boundary umpiring decision. But driver wouldn't have been an issue. We've got to kick straight. It's cost us again, and we've really got to focus on it this week. Marty Clark <laughs> kicked straight. Didn't well, he, oh, he played geez. very, How very good. Well. Was he that big hack out of the ground, out of the air? It was fantastic. Across his body. Oh, it's amazing with Marty Clark because his action isn't um, what you would describe as textbook and also the way the, he balloons the ball off his boot isn't exactly textbook, but the ball it's, goes straight. He kicks, uh, lining, up for, lining up for goal, he kicks almost like he's going in for a rugby kick, sort of well, little steps and little of steps. of Brian Taylor. But it's interesting, Marty actually uh, was interviewed this week and just asked what upon, it is... Sorry, upon his... National Rising Star nomination. Not happy because if he doesn't play, I thought he'd maybe do like Penders, play nine games and then win it next year. Mm. But that's all right. This year, Sugar. He deserves Wizard Rising Star nomination. He spoke about what he brings and and I guess the different influences since he's come across to Australia on his game. Um, I suppose it's uh, maybe a fresh approach sometimes, just a willingness to learn. You know, I came over and just anything I, I was being told by the coaches, you know, I was willing to take on board because. You know, I didn't know any different, and uh, there's a lot of there's downside to that too as well. But um, I just think that we're come over here. We've sacrificed a lot leaving home, and uh, we're just willing to have a crack, and you know, just just do our best. Well, yes. I mean, Sunday was disappointing, but guys, let's get on to the votes. Cono, who are your best three players? I'm going to fast forward to Sugarfoot because um, I'm still deciding. <laughs> Driver, uh, look, I. Clearly, Marty Clark was best for us. It was just such a fantastic game from him in his second game, playing on Shane Crawford and kicking three goals. One, kicking straight. Uh, two to Robo Tarks. I thought he was fantastic. Just provided a lot of drive off the back line. And, and one to Dane Swan, who had a huge game also. Him and Tarkin really kept us in it when the Hawks were coming. Driver, your well, votes. Well, my votes, I gave three to Dane Swan. I thought it was his best four-quarter effort for the year. He was terrific in the midfield, a swagger possessions, used the ball really well, and he showed some explosive pace. Um, it's because of his action looks a bit ungainly. People think he's a bit slower than he really is. He really showed that he's got the pace to, to make it in the midfield. Two votes to Heath Shaw, typical captain of the back line role. He's really assumed that role fantastically well. And I give one vote to Marty Clark, not just for the goals, but as you said, Sugarfoot, playing on a dangerous player, played very well in midfield for the whole game. Cono, have you made up your mind? I had indeed. I wrote them down as Sugarfoot spoke. Three to Swanee, two to Martin Clark, one to Heath Shaw. We Collingwood fans are a very passionate bunch. Some would say mad. Yeah. This week's mad pie is, well, all of us, it seems. Every Collingwood fan, why did we have to put up with Twilight Footy? 
five ten on a Sunday. Sunday How night. Stupid as and that. And we were locked in that crypt. The Sabbath. The, coffin. the day of rest. <laughs> I don't want to be sitting there at ten past five wondering. You got. You have a four o'clock meal. It took you an hour to get into the game, and I live 15 minutes away normally. It took you an hour to get in once you'd actually got outside the ground because of all the crowds they can't handle. Because a Telstra Dome's a coffin. And they locked out 30,000 fans. Oh, plus um, the rest that couldn't even could be bothered have, turning oh, up. They could have played the game at the MCG. No, no, but do you know the why they weren't playing at the MCG, people. driver? The Western Welfare and North Melbourne, both Telstra Dome residents... Had to play there because they're such huge drawing teams. Well, a, 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 a game that drew 18,000 people, maybe 20,000 people. Uh, yeah, thereabouts, but that's fine. Couldn't anyone just watch it on free to wear? No. You're what, joking. Watch our game. I don't know. I don't watch our game on telly because I go to the game. But why what not about the telly? people that got locked out? The people was it that got on locked out. No, uh, it, it was on, on Fox, Fox, Fox Tell only. You're kidding. So the match of the round, they play at a tiny no, no, stadium. No, no, no. The game that even. Mike Cheyenne, or whatever we usually call him, called the game of the year. The game of the year was played at a stadium where the fans were locked out and couldn't get in to watch it and wasn't shown on free-to-air TV, so the punters had to go to the local pub or whatever they had to do to try and watch the go game. Go to the beach, yeah, no, Caroline What Springs. is this competition no, 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 becoming? But the AFL said that the reason why they'd want to hold it at MCG is because people wouldn't want to go out. But if they wanted to go out and watch the game, they had to go out to a pub. Or somewhere else to watch it. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's crazy. Ridiculous. The, the AFL, AFL hates make Collingwood. Sense. They, they hate, hate us. us. They don't listen. I, I don't know who's in charge of scheduling the AFL, but he's got a lot of answering to do. Isn't that right? I agree. He's hopeless. The <laughs> AFL shouldn't have scheduled us at 5.10 on a Sunday. We're important people. We need to relax before Monday. And it's far too stressful <laughs> to go out, particularly when we lose at the Telstra Dome. And that was this week's... Bye. On this round in Collingwood, years gone by. Round 14 versus Ain't Kilda. The Magpies and the Ain'ts have had some epic matches over the years. Round 20, 1975 at Moorabbin, Phil Carmen made a spectacular comeback from a broken leg. Fabulous Phil mm. came out wearing white boots back when they were a total novelty, I used not to like wear today. And he proceeded <laughs> to boot 11 goals. The Magpies were trailing badly at three-quarter time, but a thumping 11-goal last term propelled us to a 19-point win. In T-shirt, Tommy Hafey's era as Magpie coach between 1977 and 1982, the Saints never beat us. In round four, 1979, a scruffy, long-haired 17-year-old called Peter Dacos made his debut and went on to be best on ground as we hammered the Aints by a club record winning margin of 178 points. And he won the TV on World of Sport the next day. In round 17 the following year, we kicked our highest ever score of 32-19-211 against the Saints at the old VFL Park. And when T-shirt Tommy was sacked in 1982, Mick Irwin's first game as coach was a round 11 clash against the Aints. The Saints kicked their highest ever score at Vic Park, 21-10-136. A big winning score in most matches, but we still managed to win by six goals. 
When Tony Shaw announced his retirement as Collingwood coach in 1999, he had never won a game in June. In the old June Round test. 13 was the last game he would ever coach in June, and his players didn't let him down. A sensational best-on-ground effort by first-year player Rupert Bethes <laughs> led the Magpies to victory by 21 points against the Saints in the second-last game we ever played at the old Waverley ground before it was bulldozed and turned into housing. And Hawthorns. <laughs> now we thrash the Saints then. Let's go out on Saturday afternoon and do it again. And that was On This Ground. G'day, Magpie fans. For more of Magpie Radio's finest, make sure you listen in to The Squawk. Exclusive to CollingwoodFC.com.au, The Squawk features two young magpies every week. The Squawk is the place where young magpies get excited. Squawk! Pies fans, this Saturday afternoon, 2.10pm at the People's Ground, the MCG. Oh, we're at the MCG this A week. real time to play football Thank on a God. real day at a real stadium. Saturday afternoon, MCG, round 14, Collingwood versus St Kilda. Boys, the Saints might be uh, suffering a little bit of a lull at the moment, but they are a team that have absolutely made us look second rate over lull? the last few years. Kind of, I disagree. The Saints are coming off two pretty impressive wins. They beat the West Coast. Hands down. West Coast challenged him in the last quarter and they came back and, and held off by four goals. And Richmond are playing some pretty good footy. They're inspired since Nathan Browns came back. It was a really good game last Saturday night and they just they hung on. Mm. So, look, they're playing well, but we're also playing well. We hammered the Swans, as we know, and then last week we were crueled by a couple of bad decisions against a very, very good team. And what we're becoming is, football. is a unit. It's hard to pick best players. You saw Kono before couldn't pick out of a number of players because we are so even. It's because he hadn't done the pre-work, well. driver. We're, we're playing well <laughs> as a team. It's too excited and about Pressy. Yeah, that's what that's we've true. got to continue to do on Saturday afternoon. We've got to get a, forget about names, forget about reputations. Guys like Shane Wakelin, Tyson Goldsack, Harry O'Brien coming back into defence. Great to great, see Harry back. Great, great and that inclusion. is great to see him back. And Sammy Isles coming in for his first game of the year, the I second believe. Game. The second, second game for the year, second Connor. Game, that's right. Gee, you really haven't done your homework. Listen, no. I'm telling you, all I could think about all week was Presty night. Oh, well. well, unfortunately, Presty's not playing, but St Kilda have named Matt Maguire at fullback for them. It'll be interesting to see whether he, he plays. They've also named Kashitsky, who's got a, uh, a uh, hamstring. You'll have to cut that out, Amber. <laughs> no, no, Kono. That's his real name. Kashitsky, I the don't think he'll play. The most fragile player I mean, going around. Look, he couldn't play netball without getting injured. Look, the thing is, <laughs> they named the teams on the Thursday night. They think everyone's silly. I doubt that Kajitski will play. You notice that we've gone in with only one ruckman. Josh Fraser's playing his 150th game. St Kilda have well, gone in with none. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they always go in with none. The weather's going to be pretty foul, according to the reports on Saturday. It's going to be a game that will be mostly played on the ground, which I think will suit us, given that St Kilda have got some tall forwards. Fraser Garrick, Nick Rewalt. Um, I think it'll suit us having the wet conditions with Anthony Rocker still out with that silly, unfortunate and unwarranted suspension. Um, And guys, I'm looking forward to a wonderful game on Saturday. Where's it going to be won or lost? I reckon um, there's... The St Kilda centre line of Aaron Fiora, Lenny Hayes, and Lee Montagna. Now, Lee Montagna has been playing some pretty good footy at the moment. He must have been seeing his therapist. Indeed. (laughs) Let's not continue that. But... (laughs) 
Trying to Paul stay with the system, mate. Paul, stay with the system. I'm sorry. I'm, just, just, I'm new, on a Presti high. I'm on a Presti uh, high. Ah, yes. Paul Licuria will probably be playing on Lee Montagna. Shut him out of the game. On Scotty Burns in the middle on Lenny Hayes. Be a good duel. Thank you very much, Scotty Burns. will take the points there. And Martin Clark on Aaron Fiora. Now, Aaron Fiora likes space. In other words, he's an unaccountable player. And I reckon Marty Clark, if we saw him, you know, 20 and 19 possessions and three goals in his first two games... His third game, I think he's going to crack the 20 possession barrier. I think he's going to have an absolute pearler of a match. He will destroy Fiora. I reckon I could beat him. He is a very, very ordinary player. Look, the the ma- ca- where we need to do it, we need to beat St Kilda on our half-forward line. We need to make guys like Jason Graham and Lee Fisher, who love to push the ball out of defence, we need to make them accountable. That's where they get all their run and drive. And Montagna as well, we're going to need to tag him. Leon, again, showed great form, great touch and last, he set last up, weekend. I think, four goals. Four-goal assists. Fantastic. Driver, where do you think the Pies are going to win it? I agree with you with that aspect across half-forward. Our forwards have to play defensively and force the St Kilda backmen to stay back. Best way to do that, of course, as I always say, win the ball in the midfield, get it forward, make those unaccountable players have to be accountable and watch them squirm and suffer. But the big matchup I'm looking forward to is Scott Pendlebury lining up against that non-footballer, that hack, that thug, Stephen Baker. Pendles has been tagged a lot in the last few weeks. Baker is one of those awful, scraggy, tagger types. And I am looking forward to Scott Pendlebury showing the football world that despite the hardest of tags, the dirtiest of players, and the worst of tactics, he is a superstar of the AFL, who will be able to He's better to player than Del Santo, him. and he's better looking than Del Santo too. <laughs> Look, Driver, I agree with you. Pender's going to have huge game. We really need to start. It starts in the middle, particularly wet. Drive it forward. We got smashed in the middle in the second half last week. We really need to step it up. St Kilda's midfield isn't as strong as Hawthorne's. We should have the body strength to really do it, with Obi Swanee picking up his game, and particularly Licker in there. And with Josh winning the rucks. What's your tip, Driver? Cono... My tip is the Magpies will prevail. It'll be wet, so it'll stop us from really thrashing them, but we'll win by 27 points. Good tip. Sugarfoot. Driver, I agree with you. I think the wet will stop us. I think we'll win by 18 points in a pretty hard-fought game. Connor, what are your thoughts? I think the Saints are not a team to be taken lightly. Unfortunately, whether they're good or bad, they seem to play their grand final against us like many teams do. But I think we're going to have a very solid win and unlike many games this year where we've won by a goal or two and our percentage isn't great, I actually think we're going to have a decent 36-point win or maybe even 35 points in honour of oh. Simon Prestigiacomo. And, guys, I think we should all take a moment to reflect on what's been a really special night, certainly in my life, and I think in all of ours. We got to meet Presti sober tonight. Meaning we were sober, as opposed to the last time we met him when we were That's right. Presty doesn't go out. Presty is an honest, upstanding father of two. We good had husband, an audience great footballer. with Presty. It was indeed. As simple as that. An audience with Presty. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Pies fans, if you want Presty back on the show again, as much as we already do, be sure to email Night. At collingwoodfc.com.au. That's not Presty Night no, at no. collingwoodfc.com.au. Right. But, uh, but, but let us know what you thought of the interview. Pies fans, 
Let me repeat, it's been a huge night here on Presty Night. We had Presty on the show. We reviewed the match against the Dorks. That Presty didn't play in. Indeed. We had Mad Pie. We were very mad tonight. We had On This Round, and of course, the preview of Collingwood versus St Kilda. See you at the MCG this Saturday afternoon, 2.10pm. We'll be there. Let's hope you're there. And while we're there, this week, as we say every week, Go Go Presty! Presty! (laughs) Oh, <laughs>